Hi, I'm Brad Jones from Team BOC. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Scape Sport, get 14 days to show that Mark runs the team. As we get set for round one, the Clipsal 500. Today, on the V8 Insiders, the green flag is about to drop. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Peter Brock here to tell you about the Armorall one-step way to clean your car. Armorall wipes are the quick and easy way to clean, shine and protect your dash, seats, windows, carpet and paintwork. To keep your car perfect inside and out, use the entire range of Armorall wipes. So to keep your car looking like new, just wipe with Armorall. The world's first internet radio station for motorsports, Crush.net. Something needs to be done. The, the rules aren't right. The is too fast. The equalisation isn't correct. End of story. All the latest motorsport news. My start in that race was just awesome. I've never actually overtaken so many cars before the first corner. It was just amazing. Available around the world. The Pirelli don't seem to like the high temperatures very much. And it's above 50 degrees on the ground. So uh, I don't think any tyre would really like that sort of temperature. Hi, I'm John Bauf. You're listening to V8 Insiders. The whole racing team will be on the grid at this weekend's Clipsal 500 after having accepted an ultimatum from Tiga to resolve its outstanding control and ownership issues. The team, given 14 days, to show evidence in compliance with the team's licensing agreement. Now, Tiger and the V8 Supercars wrote to Scafe Sports, the company that runs the Holden Racing Team, with a final binding offer that will ensure compliance of the team with the provisions of that much-talked-about TLA. The team will only be permitted to compete beyond Adelaide if Scafe Sport can satisfy Tiger that the contractual and financial arrangements are such that Mark Scaife is in control and effectively controlling the team. We talk more about this issue in Controversy Corner. Stone Brothers Racing, Russell Engel and James Courtney have said they are confident of a good result at the first round of the season and kicking off what they hope will be a step back to the championship in 2007. Caltex Racing's Russell Engel has yet to step on the top step of the podium at Australia's second biggest race. Starting his 12th season of competition, a lot of questions are being asked of Engel if he still has it at the top end of the sport. Meanwhile, his young teammate James Courtney is seen to be as one of the young guns that could make a big dent in the championship in 007. He particularly wants to win this event. Super Cheap Auto Racing has put finishing touches to its latest VE Commodore and will hit the track for the first time this Friday. 
Delays have meant that the team has been unable to test prior to the Clipsal 500 event, but Jeff Gretsch is confident that they can wait and make a dent in this year's race, even from the first practice session. The super cheap auto racing Commodore was the first V8 supercar built at Paul Wheel Racing. Gretsch has said both super cheap autos VE and VZ Commodores will benefit from an improved engine package that they have established over the off-season. Armour Oil has announced an increased sponsorship of the V8 Supercar Series. As the official car care product of the championship, Armour Oil will be more visible at all the 14 events held around Australia, New Zealand and Bahrain throughout the year. The multi-year sponsorship now includes naming rights of the championship series. It's now the Armour All Qualifying and the Armour All Pole Position Award at each of the rounds. At round 10, they have also picked up naming rights of Armour All Park, located between Ford Corner and Holden Skyline at the Mount Panorama Circuit. Irwin Racing's Alan Gurr is making his second start at the Clipsal 500, but is sure to impress his new team, although it's Fujitsu Racing who believe they're three weeks behind in preparation going into the first round. Jason Bright, the Fujitsu Racing driver, is aiming for a solid finish, running for the first time in his own team. Bright has said he's not able to win it, but he just wants to make sure he starts the year in the top half of the field. Ford fans from a leading internet forum have got together to recognise Craig Lowndes as the 2006 V8 Supercars People's Champion. And in the process, fans have rallied their support behind the RSPCA. Enthusiasts from the www.fordforums.com.au website crowned Lowndes their 2006 People's Champion in recognition of his successful 2006 season in which he finished second after taking four round wins, including an emotional Bathurst 1000. The money raised amongst the Wedbase community was put together to commemorate Lowndes' season with a trophy and the remaining $450 forming a donation to the RSPCA. Staying with Craig Lowndes, and he will be the focus of an upcoming episode of the ABC Australian Story series. It will be televised just after the V8 Supercars first round on Monday, March the 5th, and the documentary follows the three-time V8 Supercar champion throughout the second half of the 2006 season. It was highlighted by the emotional win at Bathurst with Jamie Wincup after the tragic death of Lowndes' mentor Peter Bock only a month earlier. After settling some of the fastest lap times in pre-season practice, Ford Performance Racing is looking forward to the start of the season. And it looks like Frosty Winterbottom is looking closer to a victory at the start of the V8 supercar season. He finished with a win in the final race of the season in 2006 as he's keen to get onto the top step of the podium to not only show that he was a genuine contender for this year, but also to help the team in its change through to the new driver in the other seat, that of course is the Castrol BP Falcon of Stephen Richards. Stephen Richards, in his opening round of the 2007 Clipsal 500, will be the first race in a Ford since 2001. 
The FBR driver has taken almost no time getting to grips with his new car, making an impressive debut at Winton Raceway in pre-season testing. Richards has a great record at the Clipsal 500. He has stood on the podium three times in eight attempts. Team BOC has announced a new partnership with MTD Products Australia. MTD Products is the market leading in lawn mowing equipment and Team BOC is hoping to mow down some more of the front runners in this year's championship. That's the news on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with Grant Boyden and Andrew Clark to go Controversy Corner, to go round the table once again. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. The world's first internet radio station for motorsports, Crash.net. Uh, it's been a long time coming. The boys work so hard and to come here and get a win is, is just what we needed. All the latest motorsport news. I went wide at Tower and hit, hit some oil or something on the track and then went into the wall and uh, destroyed the rear half of my car. Available around the world. Once the lights go green, that's it. I'm off and I, I drive as hard as I can, but I just didn't get it right and I made a mistake and you know I paid the price for it because that, I think, could have been a win. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Jason Richards from Tasman Motorsport. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. This week it's Clipsal 500 time, and the men that are going to look at this race in depth is Andrew Clark from V8X Magazine, and of course our own Grant Boyden from Sport 927, right across the nation overnight. And uh, fellas, well, the first race of the season, anticipation is high. It certainly is, and the amazing thing for me is that it feels like Philip Island was only last week. Well, Grant Boyden, does it feel like last week was Phillip Island for you, or has there been a lot of water under the bridge in your mind? No, I'm a bit different to Andrew. I felt like it's been so long since the last time we saw a V8 supercar out on the track. And because there's been so many changes with regards to sponsorships of teams, with regards to engineers, mechanics, and drivers, I can't wait. The anticipation level is really, really high for this first round. They're heading for a top of 37 degrees for their first practice session. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be an absolute ripper. Cooler temperatures come race day, and I think the drivers will be a bit relieved about that. What, what astounds me about this off-season is that um, we just haven't stopped talking V8 supercars. Yeah? We haven't stopped talking about Lounge and Rick Kelly. We haven't stopped talking about Team Vodafone. We haven't stopped talking about HSV dealer team and HRT and their licence dramas. Yeah. It's just, I reckon it's been the most active off-season in history. Um, and like Grant, you know, I just can't wait to see the cars hit the track tomorrow. So, you know, there's just so much happening and, uh, yeah, terrific off-season and that can only lead into a great season. Well, yeah, I think, Andrew, you're 100% right. And I think the thing we probably need to take into account nowadays is that, that V8 supercars isn't just a winter sport. Because of all the issues that you've spoken about, um, there really is not a great deal of downtime. The drivers... Had a bit of time to go away and enjoy Christmas, you know, Christmas and New, New Year's, New Year's. But that was it. Basically, they were back into training, even if their cars weren't ready. 
they were getting physically prepared for uh, a new season. So I suppose the level of commitment from drivers and teams has stepped up another notch. It has. Yeah, two weekends where I didn't turn the computer on this week this summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to tune into the V8 Insiders just to keep up with what everyone else thinks. Yeah. <laughs> and, but seriously, HRT, HSV. Who owns the team, Clarkie? You, in the latest magazine of V8X, had a, a very interesting article with Mark Scaife, and, uh, well, the, the comment was there, we haven't had a bad word, but uh, certainly there's been a lot of words had between Avesco, uh, Tiga, and the owners of the licences for the two factory holding teams. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to read between the lines as well. I think Scaife's comment was we haven't had a bad word about racing, so it doesn't mean they haven't had a bad word. Um, and that, personally, I can't imagine Mark Scaife ever just sitting back and being a silent, uh, silent watcher of anything. Uh, he's not that kind of guy. But, um, you know, the, the question really... I mean, we've all questioned in the media for quite a while how, the, how, this, can, how this can happen. You know, there was originally the three teams inside the HSV stable when um, Paul Wheel Racing was there as well, but they kind of had their little fallout and split away. But there's always been more than one team running under that umbrella. But the, the real thing came about last year when Tom Walkinshaw said, I'm going to swap my drivers between these two teams. And that's when... Tiger had had the trigger to go in and say, okay, guys, now you need to explain this. We know that John Kelly and Margaret Kelly are the owners of the licence. We know that Mark Scape or Scape Sports is the owner of the licence. But who owns and runs the teams? Um, and the key to it is, it's not, not necessarily who owns, it's the running part of it and that you have to be approved to do this. Tiger has to give you approval to do it. You can't just sell an operation. Um, and that's where the key to this bit lies. Now, John and Margaret Kelly have convinced Tiga that they own and run that team. Mark Scaife is yet to do that with HRT. Andrew, the reason that, that the Kellys were able to do that, it's a very simple task. You, don't, you go down, you have a company set up. In that company, you have your directorship. You get a printout of it and you hand it over to Tiga. The question is, why has it taken Scaife Sports so long to do? I'm certainly not suggesting anything untoward. And, and I'd suggest to you that... Because there was a deadline given which was exceeded and another deadline of 14 days by Kelvin O'Reilly, I'd suggest to you that Kelvin is satisfied to a certain point that everything's above board and A-OK. And if, if he's satisfied, then I'm satisfied. One of the greatest things about this, this blow-up, through lack of a better term, is finally what you said in your introduction is absolutely spot on. We've been talking about this for years. Finally, we're going to get an out-and-out answer we will know exactly what it is. We can push it to one side and get on with racing, which I think is going to be good. The only question is that the punter on the hill is sitting there at the moment saying, well, how come they keep getting extension after extension after extension? And they haven't come forward, Tiga, and said why. I think it's interesting, uh, both you guys, that uh, it's Mark Scaife has got the extra 14 days and it comes on the back of uh, a lot of publicity for Holden being not as positive as they'd like to be having their first race with the new VE Commodore. It also comes on the back that uh, Gary Rogers decided to come out and said in the uh, Herald Sun, speaking to Paul Gover and Gavin McGrath over the last few weeks, they've been cheating for the last two years and it's about time someone did something about it. It is certainly interesting. I mean, the fact that Gary Rogers has come out and been quoted on it is a lot of what the... The pit lane talk has always been about these things. That, you know, there's been a lot of concern about it 
Um, but no one's really, I suppose, you know, if, if I'm allowed to say it on your little radio show, had the balls to stand up and do anything. And that's now happening, you know. They're saying, well, you come and explain it. And, and you know, Grant's right. They may be absolutely nothing to worry about. It may be completely straight and above board, but they need to explain it. And as I said, you know, the issue now isn't whether Mark Skate owns the licence. The issue is whether Mark Skate owns and runs the team. So who makes the decisions on a day-to-day basis? Is it Mark Skate or is it Tom Control? Yeah. Um, and that's what they need to convince. So they can give the printout showing the ownership structure and, you know, Mark Skate's bank loan, and he assures me it's more than a dollar. Because <laughs> um, I offered to buy the team off him for two bucks and he turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there is, there, is, there, there is an answer that needs to be put in there. And it is, does Mark Skate run that team or does Tom Walkinshaw run the team? Well, you have to wonder if things are falling off, off the rails for Holden. I mean, now I, I think it's quite quite okay to say that, that Holden have cut back on Holden Media's representation. They've only got two people putting out all their pub, all their press releases, so maybe they're... Yeah, well, but they're not going to replace them mm. because their budget's been cut. You know, and it's like, hang on a sec, is this you know, supercars or will we be back playing in uh, in club car ranks? You know, I, I would have thought that it would have been important enough instead of the money that Ford are putting in for Holden to try and go with them and, and, and follow that same momentum. It's also going to be very important to, to take into account at the moment that those two car companies are struggling. Um, the, the Falcon and Commodore sales have gone through the floor. I mean, they only sold something like 1,700 Falcons in January. Um, you know, the, these companies are about to go through some pretty tough times. You know, Holden yeah. needs to recoup a billion-dollar investment in a car um, in a market where they, you know, that they've pitched their car out, which is severely deflated. So. Um, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if, if there's cutbacks across the board and all sorts of things with relation to you know, media relations and things like that. But um, you know, it, it, it is interesting. You'd think that normally um, Holden would have been completely on the front foot over this issue. They would have they would have had the media lines out there well and truly before uh, V8 Supercar sent that media release out last week stating that they were on an extension. Mm. Yeah. yeah. This, is where I, this is where I'm lost. This is what I don't understand. And, and I thought it maybe just they're overworked, or but you know you've got a new model that you put out. You've got a lot of bad publicity around it. You you need to get out, and, and as you say, get on the front foot and attack the attack the media, attack the newspapers, attack the journos, and get it on there and get your side of the story across. But, you know, it's it, certainly interesting. It is indeed. We'll take a break, and on the other side of this, we'll come back and talk a bit more about the preparations for the Clipsal 500 in Adelaide at the Parkland Circuit. This is the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Peter Brock here to tell you about the Armour All one-step way to clean your car. Armour All wipes are the quick and easy way to clean, shine and protect your dash, seats, windows, carpet and paintwork. To keep your car perfect inside and out, use the entire range of Armorall wipes. So to keep your car looking like new, just wipe with Armorall. The world's first internet radio station for motorsports, Crush.net. It's not difficult to get the car set up, it's more difficult to kind of gauge how much you're willing to push. All the latest motorsport news. Nothing changes in motor racing. It's basically people in motor cars driving around in circles trying to go faster than all the others. Available around the world. We uh, struggle to be that in qualifying, but we got the car right for the race, and you know, it's, it's always good to get on the podium. Global Motorsports, only on Crash.net. 
You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It's Andrew Clark, Grant Boyden and Craig Reville chatting about the first round of the championship. What a first round it is because there is so many firsts. We see the first time ever we will have a V8 Supercar Championship not running at the Grand Prix. We have the first time that Channel 7 has come back in, I think, the V8 Supercar uh, era of telecast. And we also have the first time ever a Collingwood Premiership has been given out to a driver earlier in the week, of course, as you heard in the news. Craig Lowndes received the People's Champion Award. Admittedly, it was from a whole bunch of Ford fans on a web forum. But, guys, once again, it comes back to the, the Holden PR machine, which is, well, isn't it the first round of a VE Holden Commodore? No, I haven't seen a press release on it. Sorry, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> I missed that too. I, I, I kind of heard that the VZ Commodore was the fastest in testing at Winton a couple of weeks ago. So I'm a bit bit, bit amazed about that as well. It is. Yeah. It is going to be uh, well a bit of old, bit of new. But have all the teams that have jumped fully into the new strategy going to come out second best and also compromise their 2007 season? I, I tend to think that, um, that, that those who've switched to the VE Commodore will have good times and bad times. Um, I think they've gone through a, a massive logistical exercise just creating and building these cars to get them on the track this weekend. Um, and you'll notice you know, some teams don't have two cars. Um, and in fact, the, the Super Team Auto Racing car hasn't even turned a wheel until tomorrow. Um, so, you know, it's a big, big job to get these things built. And I think that, you know, even though Project Blueprint has all of these specifications in place, you know, we know how long it's going to be and all of these things, we know that the components are just lifted straight off the other car, there will be small drama, you know. We need to understand the aerodynamic balance of the new car. Um, we need to understand what's going to happen if um, I hit the wall and there's no spare parts for me, you know, because there aren't that many body panels lying around because these aren't standard Holden Commodore panels. To build this car, they cut and shut. They, they, yeah, the roof panel's different. The rear three-quarter panel's different. The back doors are different. So you can't just wander into a Holden dealer and strip all the stuff out and stick it on. So, you know, if there's a couple of crashes, big crashes to VEs this weekend, there's a couple of teams going to be in drama. So, you know, mechanically, you know, it's similar to the last car. They'll perform okay. They'll perform well. Some of them will be, you know, really fast. But maybe next round, they'll be struggling a little bit because the aerodynamic balance, they haven't quite got their head around that. So I tend to think up and down times for the Holden guys where the Fords will be absolutely consistent. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't think there's anyone that will disagree with you at the moment, Andrew, that that it's going to be another Ford Championship at the, the end of this year, and pr predominantly because, you know, the Holden drivers are going to be behind the eight ball right from, from this round, you know, and, and it, as you say, it's going to be an incredibly tough time for them. The, the thing is, though, there has to be light at the end of the tunnel, or they wouldn't have all jumped across and, and done so readily what they've, what they've done. So while initially 
the first couple of rounds, as you say, are going to be tough. You would hope that by about round three or round four, we'd start to see some some good turnaround in, in those new cars and start seeing some quick times that are able to match it with the Ford. If we don't by about that stage, well, time to go back to the drawing board, I'm afraid. But I think I don't think they'll struggle for speed. What I think they'll struggle with is consistency. I think you'll see... You know, like you might come out of the box tomorrow and, you know, maybe Gary Rogers, the Commodore, is going to be the quickest thing. But come first time, then maybe he's going to be struggling down around 20th while the HRT cars jump up to first. And I think that's going to be the story for the first few rounds until they really do get their heads around it. So, you know, probably come Eastern Creek on Queen's birthday Monday. Um, I would think that any team that's not on top of that BE Commodore by then is, is in for a really ugly year. Grant, what does not going to the Grand Prix mean not having that non-championship round early in the season where you can try some things that you wouldn't normally try to do during a championship race well you're probably asking the wrong person because i've always believed if you're not going to race for a championship in v8 supercars why go out onto the circuit the the biggest thing i think that's going to come out of this is what is it going to do to the crowd for the formula one grand prix is it going to make an impact uh, obviously the demographic of that of the crowd is going to change uh, but is it going to have a major impact to with how many people go in the front door? The answer to that has to be yes, because there are so many V8 supercar fans here. I, I was always sceptical, and Andrew, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I was always very sceptical on how hard a team would push, who would go out. I mean, right throughout last year, working in pit lane, I could see the brand spanking new tyres that were kept over from the from the non-championship round of the Formula One Grand Prix. I know that there were teams out there that did not give that weekend their best shot. So I think if you're not going to give it your best shot, why take it out of the transporter? Uh, the Grand Prix was a test session, really, you know, and that's all it, that's all I think it all really meant to anybody. I, yeah, there was nice kudos if you want to race and all of those kind of things, and your sponsor felt really good about it. But, yeah, literally it was a test session. Um, and, and last year was a bit awkward yeah, because of the Commonwealth Games and things being shuffled around a bit, you know, and the, the Grand Prix wasn't before the start of our season. So it kind of had a whole different look to it last year. Um, but as a pre-season event, I reckon it's terrific. I reckon it's great to have the cars out there and do that test session in public, in a sense. Mm. As a pre-season? Um, yeah, it, but it has yeah. to be pre-season. You can't slot it in the middle of the season or it's just a waste of time. Um, I, I, and that's why they couldn't do it this year, essentially. you know, If you ignore the fact that there's only one week between Perth and the Grand Prix, um, essentially, it just doesn't make sense to do it after the season started because once the season's on, you shouldn't go out and race for it unless there are championship points up. Pre-season, different thing. It's like watching the NAB Cup, you know. We'll have a pre-season champion who, who you know, be lucky to make the eight in the AFL. Uh, it could be the same thing here. I remember a couple of years ago, Brad Jones and John Bow had first and second in one of the races, you know, yet they struggled for the year. Um, but yeah, I, I think it has merit. But to me, I mean, I don't think that the crowd itself is going to drop significantly. Um, I don't think people go to the Grand Prix to watch the V8s. I think they're happy to see them there, but I don't think they hand over their money to do it. What will have an impact is that the sponsors of the V8 supercar teams won't be taking out corporate boxes at the, at the event. Mm. And that's going to be the big thing, and that's what's going to hit the Grand Prix office hard. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about the Clipsal 500 after this break. This is the V8 Insiders. Stay with us. The world's first internet radio station for motorsport. Crush.net. 
It's going to make it difficult to get past. When you're in a trainer ride is when it's stop and start. If one rider makes a little mistake, it, everybody loses that time behind and it's, it's very hard to make it back up again. The odd little bump and the odd little tap and touch, that's what Touring Cars is about. You can't get rid of that. Available around the world. Yeah, we're doing two or three things to the geometry of the bike to help it uh, be more stable. Global Motorsports, only on Crash.net. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as we, well, continue to look at the V8 Supercar Championship first round at Clipsal 500. Of course, coming into the break, guys, we were talking about crowd figures at the Melbourne Grand Prix. Do you think because the cars aren't going to be at the Grand Prix, there will be more people at Clipsal? Or is it just, it's Clipsal, you've got to be there? I think it's Clipsal and you've got to be here, but um, I don't know whether you can get any more people into this place. Um, I was talking to the organisers before, and you know, they reckon they're at capacity. You know, they just don't know where to stick them. Um, and we were also talking about how dreadful it would be to go to the old Grand Prix track um, because you'd lose Turn 8. And, uh, you know, Turn 8's just one of the greatest tracks in Australian motorsport, I reckon. So, you know, um, yeah, I just don't know where they're going to put any more people if they come. I guess, Grant, the, uh, the big thing there is... Uh make the track longer, you get more in, but are you looking to get more people in or more corporates in? Well, I think probably more corporates is where the dollar is, but I, I've got to tell you, on, on Thursday, walking around the track and trying to go from one side of the track to the other, being that this is a Thursday, it was so difficult getting over the bridge uh, crossing the circuit with the, the queue waiting to get across, <laughs> I'm just petr petrified about what it's going to be like come Sunday. I, this place... As, you, as Andrew said, the, uh, the grandstands are full. Uh, they've put on extra seats in the grandstands this weekend uh, to try and get more people into the place. It's just growing bigger and bigger because it's not just a race meeting. It's an entire festival. I mean, every night of the Clipsal, they've got bands. And the top bands, I mean, Road Traders on Sunday night, followed by John Stevens and the Black Sorrows rounding out the night. That's a party. It is indeed. The, um, the great thing here, and, and this is to me, like there are two great motor racing weekends of the year in Australia. There's this one and there's Bathurst. Um, and this is, this is just a great, great motor race, you know. And, and I think people come for that. And that builds the excitement. And, and quite different to Indy. Like Indy to me is just, um, it's, it's, you know, um, schoolies for adults. Um, and there just happens to be a motor race there. The people are here for the motor racing, and the atmosphere and the vibe over here is just—it is astoundingly good. Um, and my, the worst thing that happened to me last year, aside from having a, uh, I'm afraid that um, I had to miss last year's race because we were having a baby, and uh, it was just, yeah, really, really disappointing to not come to Adelaide during a motor racing season. I got to um, say, yeah. your figures bounce back so well from that baby too, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in all seriousness, we talk about you've got to be at Adelaide, you've got to be at Adelaide. There's one group of people at Adelaide that are saying, no, don't bother. We're about to provide you with 157 more hours of V8 supercars. Stay at home and watch it on 7. Yeah, we'll do what I did. I've set the recorder. <laughs> but 
Grant, you, you of course know the television world extremely well. Your thoughts coming into Seven's first crack at the championship in its current form? Well, I don't really know. I'm not inside the camp, but I think if the media launch was anything to go by, you have to expect something pretty big. They, they did a very good job of that. They've, they've been waiting for a long time to get their teeth around V8 Supercar Racing again get back in and, and become the motorsport network once more. They're not going to frivolously uh, attack this year of the championship. They're going to go out with a great deal of gusto. And, and I, you know, motor racing's motor racing. Cars drive around corners, you have cameras filming them. That part of it won't change, but it's the support structure. It's the, it's the things they do behind the scenes and the way they present it that's going to be the telling factor. And unfortunately, that you probably won't know a great deal until the first show goes to air on Saturday afternoon. I know that there's probably a lot more live, and I suppose it's because the AFL season hasn't kicked off in its entirety yet. I know that both Carrera Cup races are going live. I believe one of the Ute races is even going live. So, I mean, automatically, motorsport has increased tenfold. I don't have any fears at all that Channel 7 are going to do a very good job. You know, it's a business. You don't invest, you know, close to $200 million in something if you plan to kill it. You know, yeah. These guys will do a good job. Yep. And there's no, there's no idiots at the helm of this place, let's be honest. I mean, they've, they've won the ratings now with their television shows. They started off by winning the, the ratings with their breakfast programs. All their influence that are coming in from America are winning their time slots. Why, why wouldn't they turn this into something uh, better than what we've seen in the past. I, and I think a lot of people uh, have short memories as well because it was Channel 7 that uh, got motorsport to the position it is in television. In fact, in the United States, the year that uh, Mike Raymond took over the race camp, they, the networks were talking about not covering the NASCAR Daytona 500 or the Indy 500 live anymore because they didn't see any value in it. And it was the seven race cam that went over to America that reinvigorated television or televised motorsport. It's, it's not, a bad, uh, not a bad piece to have in your uh, resume. When well, certainly, that point you make is a very valid one. Don't forget it was a technician at Channel 7 that started off that whole in-car camera approach. It was Channel 7 that started interviewing race car drivers at Mount Panorama, and I'm, of course, referring to Dick Johnson. They initiated, created, and invested a lot of time and effort into something that we now expect out of all of our television coverage. So, you know, they, they have brains in not only their production staff, but the technical staff as well. And it's going to be interesting. It's probably, uh, certainly from where I stand, it's, it's going to be one of the highlights of this year to see what they come up with. Yes, well, we've got racing to consider, and tomorrow, Friday, the cars will be on the racetrack. Guys... Who's going to win the Clipsal 500? <laughs> you go first, Graham. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I, look, I don't know. I, I'm still very much in the Ford camp. I have a, I have a belief that Mark Winterbottom's going to do exceptionally well in the championship this year. The only question I have surrounding him is with Jason Bright not there with his expertise in setting up a car and keeping the continuity of the team. I wonder if that's going to cost him time on the track. Um, that said, I, if if he can't perform, then I'd be in the I'd be in the camp of Clay Clowns. Clarky? Um, 
funny as it sounds, I'm actually thinking very much along the same line. Um, I think yeah, I, I don't think Winterbottom will struggle this year without Jason Bright. He um, he le- learnt a lot off Brighty last year, um, and I think he showed that when he went out and topped the testing times last week. Um, and uh, you know, like we all kind of look at him and think, oh, you know, but there's only 20 something in the championship year before anything. But you know, he's finally got a good car. And, and I think he performed really well with us. So I think Frosty's a really, really, really good chance, not just for this weekend, but for the championship. Yeah. You just can't go past Craig Rails, can you? You know, like that team is just so well drilled now. Um, that if you can, you know, just look after the little things, you know. Craig Lambs didn't win last year's Clipsal 500 because he decided to have a crack at Sam McConnell, whereas he should have just sat there and waited a little bit. And I think the team has learned each year with each little mistake they just keep getting sharper and sharper and sharper and uh, you know it's pretty hard to, to not see him having a very serious crack well his teammate was last year's victor what do you think Jamie Winkup's chances of going back to back are well you wouldn't say he didn't have any chance but I think he needs a, he needs a, a little bit more luck on his side to get there um, I think you know um, last year he was obviously fortunate that this happened to Craig. Otherwise, I think Craig would have would have walked away with the race. Um, so, you know, Jamie's fast, but he's been inconsistent across a race and, and across a race weekend. Um, I think uh, last year he seemed to feel like he had to prove something a bit too much, um, and that led him down the down the dark path a few times. Uh, so, you know, if Jamie settles down and uh, and is a bit more confident, now I don't see why he can't win it. Um, but that said, you know, like there's a whole race of Holdens there as well, you know, and, and if one of those hits the sweet spot this weekend, they're going to be bloody quick, you know. Any one of Scape, Todd Kelly, um, Tander and, and Rick Kelly, you know, any one of those, if their car works, has got a really good chance over the weekend. Well, I, great think Tander, great. I think Tander's a very, very big danger for not only this weekend, for the championship as well. A, a lot does revolve around some of the earlier comments you made with regards to cars going into walls and, and you know, having a new car in, in, in the camp. But, you know, Garth uh, probably feels a little bit cheated from last year. You know, I know that he really felt that it was his best year to win the championship. He's back and I think you'll find it'll be a very determined and a very, very psychologically prepared Garth Tander for this season. I'm yeah, just I think wondering. he's going to be absolutely brutal when anybody gets in his way. <laughs> you know, he, he's not going to suffer people getting in his way. He's just, still as go. No, no, no. will be one of the interesting things to watch this year because, you know, if he, if he doesn't feel cheated from last year, he should. Grant, the only reason he didn't win the championship was because they stuck him in with Mark Scott, Bathurst and Sam Down. Otherwise, it was his. You know, it's a hard thing to say, you know, but he will want to do it for himself. But, you know, what's it done to his loyalty aspect as well? You know, does he want to just stick it one up and then move on or whatever? But, you know, he'll be good. Um, it's one of those things, you know, like I sit down every year when I do the VADX preview and we say, who's going to be our people? You know, who, who are our contenders, you know? And to me, there are eight that stand out instantly, which is the two Team Vodafone guys, the two SPR guys, and the four HSV guys. Um, my next one in there is James Courtney, and I think James Courtney is going to be as good as anyone in the field this year. So we've got nine guys, to me, who will almost every round make that last, you know, make that last bit of the qualifying session. Um, the question is, who is going to be number 10? 
you know, and that's where I think the interest is going to lie in a sense in, in qualifying. Yeah, I couldn't argue with anything you've said there. I think you've absolutely nailed it. Uh, you know, the only the only bit of information I can give you that I think is quite interesting caught up with the Fujitsu camp on their way out to the circuit, and uh, they said they're about three weeks behind with the appropriate just not what you want to hear from a V8 supercar team coming into the third round. No. no, that's right. Well, for mine, I think it's going to be a frosty 37 degrees in Adelaide on Sunday. So it, it, uh, it is certainly going to be an interesting one. Grant Boyden and Andrew Clark, it is a pleasure as always to catch up with you here on the V8 Insiders. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The world's first internet radio station for motorsports, Crash.net. Something needs to be done. The, the rules aren't right. The is too fast. The equalisation isn't correct. End of story. All the latest News. My start in that race was just awesome. I've never actually overtaken so many cars before the first corner. It was just amazing. Available around the world. The Pirellis don't seem to like the high temperatures very much, and it's above 50 degrees on the ground, so uh, I don't think any tyre would really like that sort of temperature. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. We're doing something special on this week's white flag lap. And it's Andrew Clark who is with us on the round table, but we have for a while been hearing Andrew Clark's thoughts on point systems. Right throughout last season, he was very vocal on the mistakes in that season's championship, which led to Rick Kelly taking out the victory. What's going on this year, Andrew? Have they got it right, in your opinion? Uh, in one word answer, no, they haven't. Why? Um, um, because... They, they haven't put in big enough gaps for winning, and, and there's, there's a whole lot of other things in there. But like, if you were just going to take a MotoGP system, which is essentially what they've done, and then they've made a couple of tweaks, you know, 25 for winning and 20 for coming second is, is okay, you know, it's a, it's a nice gap. So instead of that, they go just 24 and 20, you know, and then we make a few other spots down there. So we we just compress the whole thing, you know. And I think you've got to say to yourself, look, we, this is motor racing. It's not a reliability trial. It is motor racing. So reward the guy. Who who's want to go out there and want to race hard and wants to win the race. You know, so make the, the gap between first and second as big as you physically can is my, my view on this thing. Um, but then the worst part is that across the system, across the three, the three different race formats, we have all of these odd little inequities in there. You know, like if you take one spot here, um, and I think I'm going off the top of my head, I think it's um, six to seven here is... is if you finish six and seven, six in all of the races here, and six in all of the races in Perth in two weeks' time, um, you get bonuses because the system doesn't work over a two-race format. You know, it, it, it's just odd. You know, it just to me, um, they took looked at it. They said we don't want to have a lot of points up for grabs, um, and we want to have a slightly slight difference between first and second, etc. But then they said, oh, you know, but we just don't want to go too far here. We don't want to make it. You know, reward winning too much, so let's back that up a little bit. Oh, and yeah, we really don't want too many points, so let's not work a system that actually works absolutely equally across all of the race formats, which wasn't that hard to do. 
all right. So we've seen we're coming out of what we could call the NASCAR pay everyone system yep. into the MotoGP. Yep. Where would Andrew Clark put the point system were he controlling the world? I'd go to the original Formula One system. And you know, I'd only award the top six, six finishes. Um, and I'd have a little big gap between first and second. So I'd be quite happy. Well, not the original, but I'd be happy to go for a 10-6 split between first and second. And that, of course, was about a 40% gap advantage to win yep. a race. Well, what do we want to do? If I go to a motor race, do I want to watch a bunch of people fighting to overtake? You know? And I don't. I want to go there and I want to watch and I want to know that that bloke who's behind that bloke wants to go as hard as he can to get past him, not thinking, oh, you know, there's still a, too much of a consistency element in what we're doing. You know, and if we can get away from that, then I think, you know, um, and deal with the other thing which makes the point system hard, which is the, uh, the lack of understanding of the steward's level um, or the lack of consistency, and then I think, you know, you will get absolutely ding-dong racing. Not that we don't get that, but I think that, yeah, they, they do hold back. If we look now, with the one, two and three race weekends, is there any way you can do it evenly? Like, how does the Formula One system go on that on that one, two, three race system? Because the Formula One system was based on one long event. Yeah, well, then it's the other thing we can get into that as well because I don't really like a three race format. But um, you could easily do it because what you do is you, you run the system where over a um, uh, if you run a, a six so a six times factor for a single race winning. So Bathurst you would get sixty points for winning. Um, in a two-race format, you would get 30 points for winning. And in a single race, uh, sorry, in a three-race format, you would get 20 points for winning. So what you're doing is you're saying that a, a three-race format, we multiply by two. Um, a two-race format, we multiply by three. Um, and then a single-race format, we multiply by six. So, you have thought about it. I know you have. And you've probably run the points... Yeah, I know you've run last year's points against this year's points for last year's championship. Yep. Have you run your system on last year's championship? Uh, I have run a sort of a system. I haven't run that exact system. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, on, on approximation, Craig Lowndes won last year and Marcus Ambrose won the year before. So, it's, uh, it, it's Craig Lowndes won it by a lot, though, as opposed to Rick Kelly winning it by 12 points. No, no we're still open into the last round. Okay. Yeah, and that's the bottom line is that yeah, you will always get a couple of cars that are really consistent across the season, across the course of the season, consistent and quick. Um, so you're not going to get a runaway winner. It's not like the year that Mark Scape won, you know, six rounds in a row or whatever ridiculous amount of races he won in a row, um, you know, and, and just stormed away with the championship. And in, in that case, you know, they could not have come up with any point score that wasn't going to allow Mark Scape to dominate and have that season wrapped up before the last round. So you're not going to see that now. The field is much, much more competitive than it was back then. Um, so, you know, I don't think they need to worry about being open in the last round. I think they just need to uh, concentrate on getting a point score that makes the racing as good as possible. Well, Andrew, it is a pleasure to catch up with you. We wanted to give you the white flag lappers uh, to give you that forum. And uh, I guess by saying it ahead of the championship series, uh, when you uh, come back on the show later in the year, you can say, it's wrong and I've already told you how to fix it. That's right. I'll do that. Clarky, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for joining cool. us. See you later, mate. That's it for this week's White Flag Lap and for the V8 Insiders. Until next time, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.